Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the long cast. It is episode 40, part two, with my good friend, Mike Tarrant. Thank you guys for tuning in today. Now, Mike and I have bonded a lot over Melee, uh, and we have become friends through school and everything, so I was really excited to have him on for this podcast. Uh, This is one of the longer podcasts I've done with someone. Uh, It was just such an easy, fun conversation to have. We bonded even more on the mic. You guys could hear us if you listened to episode 40, part one. With Mike, uh, we talked more about Melee and kind of why we love the game so much and just the beautiful things about that game. Uh, And then we transitioned into Judo a little bit. And this uh, part of the episode is opening right with some of his Judo history, some Judo history in general, uh, and what is kind of going on in the Judo world, uh, because he uh, did train over in Japan for a while. Uh, He actually did a year over there, and it's a really fascinating story. It was awesome. And without further ado, everybody, thank you again for coming on. Here is my friend, Mike Tarrant. Enjoy, everybody. Every match that's on the world tour is recorded and is available on the the, the home page, um, you know, IJF.org, which is International Judo Federation. Yeah. So, you know, um, I'm currently seeing someone who who, who is um, who is trying to, to put together a run into the Olympics for the women's yeah. 52 kilogram weight class. Yeah. So every time right. she's got a draw, we see see who she's going to fight. We, we look them yeah. up on, on the website. If they've got no recording, then they've, they've had no high profile matches. They've had, or not even, I shouldn't even say high profile. They, they've never been to one of these big tournaments where, yeah. where they're recording everything. Mm-hmm. And, and if they have, you know, we watch them, we see, are they right-handed, left-handed? What do they prefer yeah. to do? What's, what are their what, habits? And... Exactly. You know, so, so this sort of like studying of, mm-hmm. of videos is, is become an integral part of, of virtually any competitive mm-hmm. art. Yeah. Uh, it, it, uh, across the globe, across all fields, yeah. you know, is is this studying of of yeah. video, of footage, mm-hmm. of of anything that, that you can get your hands mm-hmm. on, and um, and, and it's, that's it's been just a great more tool. knowledge. Yeah. Knowledge, is, it is literally power. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And 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 this um, an, an analysis of video, and people always say, I this is a something that I need to fix is I need to record my own matches, you know, at, yeah. at these local events if I, if I'm participating in them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was never that serious for me before. So if that does change, I will definitely take that into consideration. Um, but the, the recording and, and the ability to, to analyze these videos, you know, they, they benefit the person who's watching them. And, yeah. and of course, if they, if they choose to, to share that with other people or even the person that they were analyzing, you know, it can make them yeah. better as well. Mm-hmm. Um, this is also something that that's been talked about in, in virtually every competitive yeah. scene is that if your style is one that relies exclusively on like surprise or or, or a, 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 a lack, a yeah, a lack of knowledge of yeah. of what you're good at. It, it, to put it in other words, if your style is something that can be studied once yeah. and figured out and countered, yeah, you will never reach the top. Never. You might get some good brackets. You might get some good matches, some play styles where your style matches up really well against theirs. A lot has to line up. Yeah, it's got to line up, and you know what? Sometimes it will. Sometimes you get yeah. that that lucky that lucky bracket, the magic run. But 
if if you don't have the style, the the tools, yeah, to to be able to you know be studied and yeah. still succeed, then you will not succeed. Yeah, you know. So so this is something that that they def- that was uh, mentioned several times during my time in Japan. Yeah, is you right. always is you always have a. Uh, the, you know, there's forward throws and there's back throws, and this yeah. is a uh, direction essentially relevant uh, to yourself. Yeah, um, is from one essentially setup, mm-hmm. you know, one sort of uh, movement yeah. to have a front throw and to have a back throw. So even if your and... exactly, even yeah. if your opponent knows, here's the setup, mm-hmm. they they will still be unable to defend against both. One, yeah, it's just they have to make a decision. Almost. They have to make a decision, and if you are to you know decide incorrectly, or in this case, decide correctly, if you are the one initiating the situation. Then you will score. Yeah, you know. But if you're someone that that only specializes in forward throws, yeah, then you know you might you might surprise some people. And you know, you might do really well. But once you get studied by someone who's willing to put in that work, who's willing to sit there and take down the footage and analyze and go, oh, this guy is a specialist in said said throw, yeah, or said throws. Yeah. Then they know how, they know the situations to avoid, and they know that even in the event that they are in those situations, yeah. what's going to come? There is no guessing. There's no guesswork. Yeah. And that makes it exponentially easier to to combat, mm-hmm. you know, these people that, yeah. that that don't have what 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 are called mix-ups in the fighting game community, and, yeah. and I guess you know options or yeah. or sort of um, just all other alternative you know means of combat, yeah, uh, in a, in a greater sense, yeah, yeah. And you, I mean, you can even the big thing here is especially in combat sports, is you can actually then just rigorously practice those situations yeah it's not even just that you can analyze and go oh this is what i have to do mm-hmm. you can even get partners and yeah. training partners and say this guy does this in mm-hmm. every single situation yeah. i need to see this hundred to a thousand times or whatever before we go yeah. into this and that way when you get in this situation this is even even more so even like even farther down the rabbit hole of like mm-hmm. getting improving is mm-hmm. it's just automatic then yeah where you just say oh i know what this is i don't even have to think about it mm-hmm. and then i just based on just repetition and practice i'm able to just handle the situation because i've been here already in practice yeah. so many number of times mm-hmm. yeah and that's uh you know having the those those options those mix-ups is, yeah. is, is what's really important that's what makes you strong because yeah. even if your opponent knows that you know a, a setup or an attack or, or some sort of initiation is coming. Yeah. If you have multiple ways of handling that situation, it makes it that much harder for yeah. them to respond. Mm-hmm. You know, this is why um, uh, I've seen you know some of these these fighters, the these judo players that um are almost like counter punchers, okay. but but even they can get studied and and um and, and taken habits, down. Yeah. Because you know you you fake what they love to counter, and you yep. do what counters that from mm-hmm. there. You know, so this sort yeah. of like almost reactive um, yeah. play style, even that can have its drawbacks. Yeah, you know, um, just just because of it's especially if you're at the point where you're reacting to yeah. your opponent, you're no longer setting the pace. Yeah, you know, reacting I'm, is almost like a lack of preparation. Yeah. Almost, yeah. Unless, of course, if you're reacting, and sometimes it will happen. Yeah. Well, if you're reacting from advantage, okay. If if you react from advantage, then you know usually you're all right. You know, be, because you're already in a position of of being in 
like a, a better position, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so you know, it's it's easier to avoid to shut mm-hmm. down whatever's coming. But but from from even, uh, which so so I guess, yeah, th- this will probably help articulate what I was trying to say a little bit okay. better. Is the someone who is known for having good counters yeah. at a lower level is usually more of a, a physical type, mm-hmm. and and they get these counters from neutral positions, and that inherently creates more variance because if they get mixed up if they pick okay. the wrong option of, mm-hmm. of what the opponent is going to do they get thrown they get scored on yeah. so i guess what i'm trying to say is that the really really good counter punchers or or, or people that are good at countering yeah. are doing this from advantage where even if they are incorrect okay they they're still able to get out of those situations because they were already in advantage okay so so the opponent only has so many options that they can do in the first place yeah. and, and even if you were to to guess wrong it, you can still use the the advantage that you have over your opponent and okay. to escape that situation and then by real quick but just by like advantage you mean just general advantage or is that like a specific type of is it a point because so in jujitsu mm-hmm. like in scoring advantage is a scoring thing uh, where you okay. have a so like uh in judo like how is the advantage you just mean by advantage advantageous positioning yeah or, i mean okay. positioning like the gripping like you have and, your because I know it's a lot of hip work. Like maybe yeah. you have your hips under their hips or something. Mm-hmm. You can then you then have room to work with. Yeah, basically you yeah. you can then take bigger risks because mm-hmm. you can essentially let's say you take a step forward. If I end up taking a step back, I'm back in neutral. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So mm-hmm. so yeah. Excuse. Me, I really meant advantageous positions. Okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. I was just I was just clarifying there. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, ad- advantage and score. You know that that becomes more like tactical. You know, yeah, you yeah. block differently and and mm-hmm. things of the sort. Yeah. But in in terms of you know countering or even attacking, you know, yeah. just having advantage in in position is, yeah. is incredible. And the, <laughs> I've been trying to incorporate this more in, into my in my melee game as well. This sort yeah. of positional thing where it's like, what advantages? Do or, I have? Excuse, yeah. What advan- what advantages do I have? And 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 more so, what options do my opponent? does my opponent have and you know you kind of almost prepare for like the worst case scenario and then from there as you slowly eliminate the Mm -hmm. options that they can do you you in turn start being able to do more things okay you know yeah um and and that's that's something that i've been trying to apply to more general like competitive yeah that's a great way to like i definitely with that's a thing in tennis too is the ability to kind of what what can they do from this position? Mm-hmm. And th- this, like you were saying, like you you kind of figured it in melee too, like you know, like positioning and everything. I was kind of learning that as I was getting better and kind of getting more of a like a tennis mind. I mean, I, I obviously I didn't perform at the highest level, but <laughs> um, like there's definitely moments where I can look and I go, oh, he really only has X, Y, or one, two, and three options. Yeah the likeliest options are one and two. I really only have to cover, cover one and two. If he gets mm-hmm. three, I give it to him. Yeah. Yeah. Because in tennis, it's different than judo or melee where, mm-hmm. um, I reset, you reset after every point. The interaction is completely reset. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, um, that's like another factor, but yeah, yeah. It, it still has those moments of interaction where, um, they really, what can they do and asking yourself, mm-hmm. what can they do? And also one thing too, like in competition, like if we're, just one thing that's been on my mind recently is if you can simplify competition down to what are its goals and especially so in judo 
Um, so I haven't watched much judo, but the goal is to throw your opponent, right? And to yeah. not get thrown. Mm-hmm. And then from there, all those interactions, which is what we're talking about, all of that is really complicated. Yeah. And there's many decisions that can be happened there. But Absolutely. if you're able to simplify and go down there and then from each position go, okay, in this position, my goal, what is my goal? Not yeah. to get thrown. My mm-hmm. goal is also to then throw them. Now, yeah. how can I figure out my way around this? It's almost mm-hmm. like chess is my favorite analogy of it where... <laughs> Um, your goal is to attack their king yeah. and your goal is to not get your t- king taken yeah. basically. And mm-hmm. all of those mini interactions, every single, yeah. you make one move and all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, but everything is, is definitely an extension from, from those things, but there are, yeah. you know, end game and goals. Yeah. You know? And sometimes like that's one, and that's just one thing that's been on my mind too. Like in melee, it's like the goal is to take stocks and the goal is to not get stocks taken. And yeah. sometimes it's it's so fascinating to get lost in all of those <laughs> many interactions. And yeah. sometimes that can happen. That's where that overwhelming kind of yeah. it's an almost an overwhelming sense. But I can see what you're saying where simplifying it down yeah. and almost saying, Oh, these are really the only options he has. This mm-hmm. is my goal. Mm-hmm. And what do I do to achieve that goal? Yeah. Is really I think I don't know, it's just something that I've kind of been I, I, I like to spend a lot of time sitting and thinking. So yeah, it's like yeah. one of those things I have that's been like i've been postulating how can i really figure stuff around that yeah yeah, yeah. You, you, you mentioned um you know they have options one two and three and you know i really only cover one and two and and, and three um and there's definitely those like really efficient play styles where mm-hmm. they kind of do that where they cover one and two and and as an extension of what you're saying where three even if the opponent if you're yeah if your partner your opponent whoever you're against picks three you're either neutral or you're yeah. still an advantage yeah. You know, that's um that's something that's also very important yeah. where mm-hmm. where you even in the event that you guess wrong, mm-hmm. you're no you're not in the disadvantage, you're not losing. Yeah. You know. Um and, and that's that's definitely something to, to be yeah. considered for, for competitive mm-hmm. sports and, and, and thing and there are sorts of things like that. Yeah. Same goes for judo. Mm-hmm. You know, like having and, and um, you know, going back to you, you were you were talking about um very briefly about the game yeah. where uh, the 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 there's two like defining features that that can be said of like these better players. Uh, there's many defining features, but mm-hmm. but two that I was very clearly reminded of to, of um very recently yeah. the ability to grab and the ability to tech chase. And and these yeah. this is getting into the, the the game terms, but essentially what happens is off of a grab you you get a throw right. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is the you know pretty much the one like chance across the entire uh character 26 characters that that are in the game where you choose almost exactly where your opponent goes yeah and it doesn't matter because like we were saying before there's characters that are better the characters are worse but Mm -hmm. if you have a grab Mm -hmm. you have complete control and they can kind of di or whatever Mm -hmm. but essentially you are picking the general direction of yeah. where they're going there, there is a spectrum there's a range where they're yeah. going to go you know where they're going to be yeah it's and really predictable like yeah. some of them are, are much more predictable than others too it's yeah. it's i know the exact general position this is all mm-hmm. i have to cover and and then as an extension of that it, which is a little bit more complicated uh, execution wise as you get into melee is tech chasing off of a knockdown yeah. you know there's only so many options there's there's uh there's what tech in place get up attack and then yeah, roll left, wait. roll left, yeah, and you and wait, wait. but yeah. but essentially there's there's one offensive option, which is get up attack, yeah. And besides that, everything else is is Completely defensive, defensive, yeah, yeah. And um, from from there, just being able to continue your advantage after knocking someone down mm-hmm. is is something you see in in fighting games in general yeah. all the time, where you know you're you've you 
you've been fighting this crazy opponent, they're doing all this this nutty stuff, and you knock them down, and suddenly you can count on one hand how many things they can do. Yeah. And 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 recreating that situation over and over is incredibly important because yeah. you 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 want to limit what your opponent can do and what yeah. they can do to you and and how you interact with them. Mm-hmm. Uh and and that's something that I was reminded of of this weekend. And that's yeah. sort of something you see in judo too like with these advantages. I was about positions. to ask you, yeah, yeah, judo. You know, there there's only so much you can do where uh especially if someone gets a really 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 good grip on you mm-hmm. where you just you got nothing. Pretty much all of your options are defensive at that point. Yeah. The, it's come to the point where the Eastern European country of Georgia Okay. Uh, has developed a very specialized gripping situation scenario where they have a specialty grip that that the that they the country of Georgia the Georgians are great at. Yeah, they Espe- developed it and they practice it, especially in the upper weights above about seventy three kilos, which is about one hundred sixty point nine pounds. From above there. They so get some, really good at it. They're starting to get pretty big. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, they're Eastern European, so they're huge. They're 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 born large. They have full beards by the time they're fifteen. I don't <laughs> Back know, hair, chest it. hair, yeah, all of it. They got the whole situation. Carpets. Yeah. <laughs> and and the the Asians who, who fight in these upper weight classes, mm-hmm. when the they lose the gripping game and the Georgians get to that specialty grip, they will concede. They will they will take a knee, which is a penalty. In, in really June. they will take a knee and they will take the penalty because they know if they stay up they're going for a ride they're getting launched and they're going through the floor you know huh. and wait they, so can you describe this grip a little bit to me so or, um and and uh just a, a very quick note a penalty three penalties is yeah, is, yeah. Is, let's is uh forfeit. let's put a pin in um the grip real quick yeah how does judo kind of work just give me a quick right. five minute rundown like scoring stuff like that it doesn't have to be completely in depth but as, as of right now right okay yeah. okay we start neutral both standing yeah i can't grab your legs with my hands but i can use my feet you know foot sweeps and, and things of the sort yeah um my goal is to get a full point that's okay. the that's the point of judo competitive judo there's been an argument that's starting to get away from that. And it's like, oh, you get penalties or you go to time, you know, things like that. But the true spirit of judo is getting that that full point. Okay. And this can be at this point, you know, the rules have, have changed in the past couple of decades. Mm-hmm. So as it is right now, you can get two half points or one full point. Okay. Uh, the half, uh, let's start from standing. Okay. Uh, it's just throws, you yeah. know. Um, you find a way using your hands and your your entire body to throw your opponent. And yeah. this involves um, stretching them out to some degree. You know, if you're very, very strong, sometimes you just get in there and you... you you're just, just able to strength your way out of it. Yeah, you just kind of deadlift them, squat them, and get them up there. If you're you kind of sm- just do it. Okay, there we go. <laughs> That's possible. But, you know, if if you're a smaller individual, then, then you have to be a little bit more tactical, a little bit more biomechanical. Yeah. You stretch your opponent out, mm-hmm. you know, onto their toes, out, so their center of gravity leaves... Um, the ground yeah or, it's, or, it's no longer under them but oh yeah it's off balance yeah. yeah it's off balance it's more like over yourself your person and, and, and you have and, control over it you yeah manipulate it and and you and you guide them to to <laughs> the ground very kindly or very quickly <laughs> and aggr- the, uh, kindly the, but you mean aggressively <laughs> yes it, it's uh, at that point it's, it's, it's a your nice discretion <laughs> yeah and then if you go to the ground there is groundwork um mm-hmm. Somewhat similar to BJJ, but no leg locking. Yeah. Um. And and from there, if you get a submission, that's a full point. Okay. If you get them 
to break 90 degrees with their back where where um in wrestling what would be considered back points you need to hold this for 10 seconds for a half okay. point 20 seconds for a full point mm-hmm. but if they get a leg lock in this time uh since they can't do it to completion they just they uh count a scissor as a leg lock okay. if one of your legs gets scissored this is considered a a break of the pin because you know most people prefer to keep their knees um, yeah, and yeah. and this is uh leg lock leg locks for those you don't know it it literally destroys your knee if you follow through with it so yeah yeah and uh surgeries and, on surgeries and if there's and essentially um there are penalties mm-hmm. for uh mostly defensive play but mm-hmm. also a little bit of what's considered um unfair yeah. play such as like maintaining a a, a two or I guess a one-sided grip with both hands for too long, where it's like if your opponent really truly cannot interact with you, yeah, uh, then for for an extended amount of time that will also be penalized. Okay, and this I don't maybe I got a little bit too wordy with it, but this is essentially yeah. judo, right? Yeah, to throw your opponent, not be thrown. Yeah, and you there's certain point uh, like there's certain point um, models within that. Yeah, so so a half point is like pretty much on your opponent's side, and a full point is is like full thrown. Yeah, you get them on their back, and and it's okay, okay, yeah. So half point, they're not fully on the ground, Mm -hmm. or they're some in some fashion on the ground, but not completely on their back, Mm -hmm. and then full point. Okay, yeah, yeah. I probably maybe I should have led with that. No, you're fine. (laughs) But back to this 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 example of of the Georgians, especially the heavyweight Georgians who specialize in in this uh particular grip mm-hmm. when they get it on on the Asians especially the Japanese who are known to make it very far to the finals because judo is a Japanese sport that they, they're yeah, very the history is rooted in they've in developed Japan. it from from literally day one day one <laughs> um uh and arguably even before that when before judo there was jujitsu yeah um you know there's there's history there as well which i actually learned about during my time in japan um mm-hmm. the this happens to the japanese the founders mm-hmm. of judo and and this grip gets put on them and they concede the penalty they they know that they're at such a disadvantage that if if they don't give up this penalty that they will be thrown and at, they'll lose a point yeah and wow. and if you and i really should have explained this um if you get a full point the match is over okay there you it's, go on the spot Wow. So, so that is a very powerful grip. Yeah. Wow. So what, what is this grip kind of? So it's um, one hand on their lapel, you know, their front, yeah. uh, just around their shoulder. Yeah. And the other hand comes to that same shoulder and kind of almost like snakes over their back, uh, you know, almost grabbing their lower back or their belt okay. and, and just bending them them down. If they stay straight, then then you end up with a really open armpit. Yeah, uh, which is um, very easy to to move someone if 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 their armpit is stretched open like yeah, this. Yeah, your your arm is in a much weaker position because it's completely extended. Yeah, yeah, and and you get dragged out, and suddenly your center of balance, your center of gravity is is no longer yours to control. Yeah. But you know, if you break someone uh, their balance forward and and you get them into this mm-hmm. this sort of position, then uh, you've got great advantage over yeah. them, and and you've got. Uh, the Georgians have developed a lot of throws from that position okay. that a lot of other countries have not really caught up with. Okay. So, so the Japanese know is like once they get the Georgian grip, it's called the Georgian grip. <laughs> just, just get out of take there. Take a knee and yeah, take, take the penalty. You don't, you don't want to lose there. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that that actually becomes a lot of uh, the the upper weight fights between the Japanese 
and the Eastern Europeans particularly, oh, the Georgians. It now influences the match so much. Yeah, where, where they it's, have to avoid that. Yeah, yeah, I imagine. Yeah, the win condition for the Georgians is is how many times can I get to that grip? Okay, because is the, there a ramification for a number of penalties or the so uh, three penalties is is a full point. Oh, so, okay. So, oh, there so you that's go. it. That's so, the DQ. Yeah. You know, if you have two penalties, you can still win the match. It's it's just fine. Yeah. They don't have they don't have any effect on the match until the third one. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So that that's really what it becomes. Is is the Japanese guy able to control the grips enough that it happens maybe once in the match and they can concede their <laughs> yeah. a, a penalty or two? They have a little wiggle room. Or is the Georgian going to get to the grip enough times to either a throw or b, you know. Uh, accumulate enough penalties to win hmm. have yeah. there been matches where they've actually just lost on penalties because they've gotten there so much i you know i don't actually watch a a, a ridiculous amount of judo and, and particularly myself i you know at this point i'm just a voice uh coming across i'm 66 kilograms i'm 145 okay. pounds uh, approximately so i particularly do not watch most bouts oh. Starting at 81 are... kilograms, which okay, uh, which goes up to um, what 160. It's 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 quite heavy, um, and so I, I particularly don't watch these these sorts of matches. But I assume that it's happened sometimes, or mm-hmm. um, either the Georgian is very quick and gets the throw, yeah. or they accumulate the two penalties. The opponent knows, okay, one more penalty and I'm going to lose. I might as well try to make something happen. Yeah. And then they get taken for a ride. Okay, yeah. That's, that, this is probably the most uh, common yeah. case. They they give up the two penalties. They're out of room. And, you know, it's at that point, they're not going to go out, you know, uh, without a fight. So they might as they well try something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because, you know, if they take another penalty, it's a loss. So you either get thrown and lose or you take the penalty and lose. Or... Yeah you make some magic moment happen and you get out of there, yeah. you know? So at that, that's probably the most common occurrence. Okay. Uh, if, if the Georgian is an advantage, but, um, mm-hmm. that, that sort of thing, uh, tends, tends to, um, go back and forth is, you know, whether the Georgians get it or the Japanese control it. Cause, cause mm. Japanese judo, I, I, I forgot. I haven't even said this yet. I say this ma- many times to when I'm explaining judo, Japanese judo is very advantage heavy. Okay. Actually, I believe I did mention it earlier. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Briefly, um, yeah. you know, they they control these grips, and, and 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 that's one of the reasons why they they're really solid in their champions. They, yeah. they last a long time. They they're very very consistent. Yeah. Um, because they're always playing for the advantage, mm-hmm. and if if they are ever in disadvantage, they either have little like escape moves that aren't meant to throw the opponent, but are like, meant to reset the situation. Okay. You know, yeah. the referee breaks them, stands them up. And and now suddenly they have to do grip fighting again, and 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 mm-hmm. things are reset to neutral, and the Japanese have a chance to to rebuild advantage. Mm-hmm. Or in the event that they're an extreme disadvantage, they just they take the penalty and they get out of there. You know? Oh, okay. So yeah. they they really are a more strategic approach to to the sport, and and that likely is due um, to to the natural build of the Japanese, which tends yeah. to be smaller. Yeah, and, they're slighter. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and less uh, muscular in, in frame, mm-hmm. you know. So they have to, uh, when fighting abroad, when fighting internationally against people that are just naturally larger, yeah. um, this is this, the type of approach that they have to take where if if yeah. they are going to be put in disadvantage, they they have to escape. And, yeah. you know, they, they have to control things from the get-go. And, mm-hmm. and you know, it was very um, funny. In in my time there, uh, I went to a place called the International Budo, which is martial art okay. university, which means they invite 
foreigners, uh, international teams, international yeah. players to come all the time. And, and it would always be funny to see the strong international players. Whenever they would get advantage in the gripping and bring the Japanese close, it's, it's just hearing the Japanese curse. And, and just, you know, just, be like, oh, you know, it's just like, oh, Jesus, you know, this is bad, <laughs> you know. You'd hear it all the time. You know, as soon as the European, you know, is largely Europeans that where this mm-hmm. would happen, they would get their grip and they would get really close. And the Japanese guy would just get really uncomfortable and they would, <laughs> they would just like escape, you know, any way possible. Yeah, that's hilarious. You know, because that's, that's almost the that's international exactly game plan, you know, yeah, yeah. Of, of the Japanese judo. Okay. Uh, so it was funny seeing seeing that situation mm-hmm. over and over, where they would just get gripped a certain way, a certain European specialty, and they're just like, "Oh shit, you gotta, I gotta get out of here, man." Yeah. You know, they mm. they really they they don't scrap that much. Yeah, it is know. it is thought really well thought out. And yeah, they have a real strategic, mm-hmm. and real specific goals. It yeah. sounds like yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas the Europeans, the Europeans just love to to slug it out, man. Yeah, they just, they want to go to war. Yeah, they go nuts on each other, mm-hmm. and and they're physical, you know. But yeah. that that leads to inconsistency in yeah. the results in the, in their tournaments, you know. And you have to physical. have real high execution. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah there's that too. So, um, th- they're the Japanese. Usually, you know, if they have like an Olympic champ or a world mm-hmm. champion, they will continue to produce good results for years to come, potentially defending their titles or, you know, do, yeah. doing well again. Whereas um, other Olympic champions or, or world champions, for that matter, from mm-hmm. other countries tend to, to have uh, events where they really they don't do well. OK. You know, yeah. Just because of this inherently like higher variants that, that their styles high, yeah. carry mm-hmm. you know with them and of course what is interesting is is um the olympic format mm-hmm. uh there's a, a limit to one representative per yeah, you were kind of telling me about this last time we hung out but yeah per country per weight class so oh, okay so that really limits the field then for or not limit the field but it really limits like choices for your country i'm assuming so, so well so uh, the japanese can send you know, a 60, a 66, a 73. So, so there's still a number of people, but yeah. the Japanese are so good that uh, normally the Olympic is, is pretty much invitation style where it's the top 16 yeah. would go. And then there's continental quotas. So you get the less represented countries such as yeah. African countries, you know, yeah. um, it's, which is the case for, for the person that I'm seeing and, yeah. um, and, and so on, th- things of that sort. But the, the bulk of the, competitor base in the olympics is is points based invitation based the top players Mm -hmm. however take 60 uh, take 66 kilograms i believe the japanese in the top 20 world ranking for 66 grams 145 pounds they have three or four people in there oh wow only one of them gets to go that's really competitive. So this also affects the Olympic pool because, you know, if if the top two are Japanese, you yeah. know, and they had a really, really, really close bout to get to the Olympics, only one of them's going. So that's another yeah. spot for someone else to do well and, and, and yeah. move on when effectively, you know, despite being five or 13 or, or something else, some other ranking mm-hmm. in the world, they have a better shot because the it might, despite being the olympics where it's supposed to be the top level it might not be the absolute top level uh, player pool Mm -hmm. you know because several of these countries 
you know, the next uh, country that might come to mind is is Russia or Georgia or yeah. Korea. Might have multiple players in the top 16, the top 20, oh, okay. but they can't send them all because, mm-hmm. you know, they can only send one person per weight class. Oh, okay. So, so that also leads to a little bit more variance in the Olympic uh, And, like, results. who you might end up having actually compete there. Yeah. Is- that's incredible. Yeah. So, that so they're so good. Mm-hmm. That, and I didn't realize that it was only one representative like per country too. For, for each weight class. Yeah. For each yeah. weight class. That's yeah. wild. Yeah. yeah. So you know. do you ever have a uh, guys that like go up or down in a weight class if they don't make it in their original weight class? You usually, um, if that country is good enough to have that, then it's, it's probably really hard. Though. Yeah. It's not really a viable, um, strategy yeah. at that point. And, and, and also, um, to, to further that, the Olympic judo format is they take uh, the events of the world tour of the past two years and they weigh them mm-hmm. and your results um, go into into those points. And, and yeah. those results are divided by weight class. So if you're splitting tournaments between two divisions, you're probably not going to be top 16 for either yeah. of those because you know someone who's focused all of their points into one uh, will, will most likely have more. Now to avoid... Yeah. You know, people just showing up to every tournament and and uh, having more points than someone who who is more skilled, arguably, yeah. you know, who who may uh, <laughs> as controversial as deserves it more. Yeah. Um. They take the the best five events. Yeah. So you can't just show up to one hundred events and have five hundred points because yeah, you, know, yeah, you get five for attending. Yeah. <laughs> you would only have twenty five points because they take the, the the five best. They only weight the best tournaments. Right? Yeah, but even even with that consideration, splitting divisions is is, is not a very good tactic to go with. Yeah. yeah. So that's uh that's the the Olympic judo sort of uh, yeah. outlook, you mm. know, at the moment. Yeah. Of course, if you if you are like um. Like uh, the, my my girlfriend who who I met th- mm-hmm. th- this past year, you know, she's from yeah, Madagascar. She might actually compete in the Olympics, which is incredible. Exactly yeah. through I believe the continental quota, you yeah. know, where a- Africa as a continent gets so many number of representatives. Exactly, and and their federations choose them, or they're, mm. they're decided by points. <laughs> If it's the case of Brazil, it's usually desi- decided by corrupt politics, but <laughs> that's a whole other story uh, mm-hmm. that, that I'm not qualified to talk about. Yeah. But that, that's sort of the, the Olympic um, mm-hmm. overview of judo, okay. if you will. So, yeah, if you're number four, you might have, have a shot at winning because, you know, if the, if the top three were Japanese, you only got to worry about one of them, not all three of them. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so. So you don't have, like, three grueling Japanese matches. You don't yeah. have. Yeah. That would be he, incredibly he, difficult, I imagine, especially if they're holding, like, top, like, some of the f- top spots in, like, the top 20. Yeah, so I, I believe in 66 kilograms, the, there there may be three or, or four, but uh, one and two. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or at least skill-wise was most likely argued one and two. I'm not sure if uh, the effective points right now put them at, at, the, at the top spots are both Japanese. Okay. Um, <laughs> and they would definitely be uh, very difficult to combat in the same tournament because one's right-handed and the other's left-handed. <laughs> so, uh, so you'd have to really prepare them. Because yeah. I'm assuming in judo, like just the way, I mean, in fighting, it makes a huge difference. Just yeah, absolutely. Like in MMA, mm-hmm. having someone that's right-handed completely changes. Yeah. It, it's wild how much it changes mm-hmm. because you have to really completely condition it's not just oh he does this this way let me just flip what i do yeah you have to completely recondition what you do it com- yeah it changes all your exit patterns it mm-hmm. changes what attacks they have yep it's it's wild just exactly. how much is there yeah. yeah so so uh 
those two in a in a combined you know as a as a as a double header double threat would would be uh a lot for the world to handle but yeah. for the olympics it will uh just be one of them okay um the the right hand person uh is actually the reigning world champion oh okay but he was recently dethroned at at a smaller event Mm-hmm. Um, so he still has world champion backpack. He still has world uh, champion title, of course, yeah. because that that only changes hands at the official yeah, world championship. Bench, yeah. But at a Grand Prix, I believe in Germany in Dusseldorf, um, uh, which may not be correct, but uh, he lost to the current reigning junior world champion from Italy. Oh wow! A uh, kid named Lombardo, uh, mm. and and the 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 kid was just really really good in in right versus right. Which I know oh, because he okay. beats the world champion. Yeah. And then uh I believe maybe it was either the same tournament or the next tournament. Oh, did he fight someone that was then left handed? He fights a left handed oh. person who is like I think fringe top twenty and gets bombed. Just oh. just <laughs> dropped. Yeah, that that's like that in practice right there. Because, you know, he does what he's really good against right handed people and he comes really high and against a left handed person. That really opens up, you know, uh, a lot the, of a can of worms. Yeah, yeah, the armpit that they want, the hip that they want. So you, uh, you're not yeah. careful, you know, and and you're going yeah. for a ride. And he went flying, you know. But against a right hand person, it, yeah. it was a very different story. Against a world champion, he, t- he took he took the match from him. Yeah. And and, um, and on another note, the uh, so this is the reigning world champion. Someone, uh, the other Japanese guy who is mm-hmm. left handed, has actually. Uh, taken the the both the the two most recent matches that they've had yeah he, he's won them uh both actually coincidentally using the same move both times yeah. um so that's that's sort of another interesting dynamic there is the, is the world champion is having a little bit of trouble okay um, just know. not performing as well or yeah recently mm-hmm. so uh the left-handed individual who is sort of just um more recently come into the international eye, i believe he was yeah. uh uh, there was some issues with him for the past several years that, that prevented mm-hmm. him from competing, uh, is now sitting above the world champion in terms of points oh, for the Olympics. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so that's so that's, that's actually wild. That's a really tight race then. They're going to have a crazy race because right now... I How believe, many events are left? Because it's still early on, right? It's still early on. So... Uh, oh, so let's say like this: you could even be like the top world champion, right? And mm-hmm. you could be even ranked number one. Mm-hmm. But if they wait those five events for the Olympics, you could not theoretically go, right? Yeah. So okay, yeah. So uh, the that is a real tight race, then. Yeah, it, it's it's going to be something to to see. Uh, um, if I'm understanding it correctly, the Olympics are in 2020. Yeah. That that I am fairly confident in. <laughs> uh, but from there is where it gets a little uh, mm-hmm. a little shaky. So the yeah, two your years... girlfriend better hope so because if she goes there and you show up a year late, that would be a problem. <laughs> yeah, I'd have a lot of explaining to do. <laughs> uh, the two years leading up to it include mm-hmm. two world circuits. Okay. The first year, the uh, points uh, in terms of overall world ranking are mm-hmm. just weighted normally. Yeah. Um, but for the Olympics, those points are slashed in half, and then in the second you know, remaining world circuit, yeah. uh, the year just prior to the Olympics, which is the year we're in now, um, those will be weighted normally. So, oh, so okay. big wins now will not be as important as big wins 
next year. Yeah. So once we get into, I, I have to remember what month the Olympics are, and I want to say the June, July area. Yeah, it's the Summer Olympics, yeah. Yeah. It's in so, Japan, right? It will be in Japan. It'll be Tokyo. Yeah. Um, That's cool. That's yeah, really cool. It's going to be incredible. Uh, they're really they're really pumping a lot of money into tourism right now, trying to get uh mm-hmm. get ready for that um that. Influx. Oh yeah, the Olympics is a huge event. Yeah, yeah, like it's the amount of money that they funnel in to ba- make everything. So yeah. so right now we're at the tail end of that first circuit. Okay, you know because you know oh, being, and the second circuit will be starting soon. Yeah, in, so in, every... in July or or, or so. Oh. So because you know a tournament. Let's say this isn't true, but let's say. That the Canadian Grand Prix, which is a new event starting this year, yeah, uh, was next week. Then mm-hmm. obviously before the Olympics, there would be one more Canadian Grand Prix oh, okay, the same yeah. time next year. Mm-hmm. So once there's not that second event, once it's the last uh, event occurring in that location before the Olympics, then it will be weighted normally. Okay. So every event that has happened in this first World Circuit will happen again before the Olympics. Oh, where, uh, yeah, where so they're the, going to get a, another chance at it to perform. Another chance at it, and not only that, but another chance at it for effectively double the points of the year before. Yeah. You know? so, so it's going to be even, it's way more important than it was. Yeah, it's it's important to get ahead now. Yeah, yeah, get your points now because it kind of gives you a little bit of a buffer. And, but... and and let's say you won the world championship last yeah. year. Um, or, or uh, uh, yeah, so the, the world championship uh, last year should be or, or or the last one to occur would be within that that two-year span okay um yes yes that that is correct yeah because there's it's in like november okay so so this november will be the last world championship before the olympics yeah. however despite the one a year ago being half of the value of of this current year's world yeah. championship it will still be weighted more heavily than let's say a grand prix event of uh of, of next year you oh, know okay. where it's that st- where it's still the grand prix full weight yeah but but half of like everybody competing and... half of a world championship will outweigh a grand prix a full oh. grand prix you know that's that's sort of because uh the the sort of like mini tier list if you will, will be like on um, the world tour will be continental open okay uh grand prix yeah grand slam yeah world championship okay so so a world championship will uh uh uh, even even at half far heavier than yes mm-hmm. e- exactly so so still winning winning these really big events is still yeah. very important yeah but it you know to win the final one before the olympics is is, is really the most the important event. one yeah. yeah okay interesting yeah there's a lot of fa- i didn't realize how many factors there were so just in say these i, I, I guess smaller followed sports like they're huge sports but they're not soccer or like mm-hmm. soccer what are a couple like what else comes to mind I mean, tennis is a huge one because i follow that one mm-hmm. but like like you know you know the biggest spectator sports yeah. yeah but i didn't realize how much there was into just how you have to actually even just get to the olympics and yeah. what you have to do to get there mm-hmm. yeah that's that's fascinating yeah it, it is it is quite the road so mm-hmm. you know my my um absolutely ludicrous uh will never happen plan was was to come back uh, win the American Nationals, mm-hmm. so so I would be allowed to go to uh, Grand Prix, okay, uh, by the American Judo Federation, yeah. and then miraculously through some divine act of God win the the Canadian Grand Prix, which is the only Grand Prix in the Western Hemisphere, and, and okay. there's no Grand Slams for that matter. So it's the biggest tournament to the happen important. Yeah. in the Western Hemisphere 
uh, and it's a new event this year. So up until this point, everyone it, had to was, travel it to was get all points. over the place. Everyone had to go to Europe, Asia, Africa, oh. you know, if, they, if they wanted anything. Um, and so <laughs> some way win the Canadian Grand Prix and suddenly this puts me, you know, much, much closer to the top, <laughs> you know, 20 or so spots for 66 yeah. kilograms. It would never happen. Yeah. Uh, but, but especially since the Grand Prix is, is only worth half of, of what it will be next year. Yeah. Uh, but it is still, you know, funny to, to talk about and, and to think about, but yeah. uh, as it turns out, um, even that is, is fantasy because, uh, the American um, Judo Federation, despite me being qualified, like allowed to go to the Grand Prix, yeah. if anyone ahead of me in the 66 kilogram line wanted to go, they would have priority. Oh, you know, so, okay. so if, if I had just freshly won the nationals, on paper, I'm allowed to go, but there are already several people that are that are in line, you know, trying to go to the Olympics who have already started accumulating points, and and they oh, would have priority. Okay. So if it would take a, a true miracle for them to for both of them to, to say to actually occur and... to to say, you know what, I don't want to go to Canada, the only Grand Prix event in the Western Hemisphere to accumulate points. That's <laughs> that doesn't interest me, you know. Uh, you know, despite wanting to go to the Olympics, get me into the Olympics, I don't want to yeah. do that. I I I pre- much prefer traveling to Europe uh, <laughs> to fight the European champions to try and get to the Olympics than wow. you know in, than one in the Americas. So unlikely. Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll leave it at that. We'll put a for, pin in it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, and you know I'll update you in a couple months when the Canadian Grand Prix does actually happen. Okay, I, I believe it's in like uh, two months. Actually. I'll see you there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you'll see me there, dude. Mm-hmm. I'll uh, I'll shout you out. You know, yeah. on the you can you can be nice one of little banner sponsors on my uh, back patch. You know, because I yeah, absolutely would. You yeah. know, I would. Yeah. We'll put a nice big one on there too. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but I want to ask you about this before this gets away from us. How did you end up deciding to go to Japan? I want to hear all about it. Like, because I've heard all about how the judo works and how kind of the interlockings there and some of the stuff you saw there. But how was the trip and how was going there? Because what you did is incredible. It it really is. You just picked up in the middle of a semester, right? You so we went to the we went to the same university. Yeah. You picked up in the middle of the semester, and I remember you saying I might actually just go over there for like a year <laughs> just to train. Mm-hmm. That's that's awesome. That's a really incredible thing to do to go to a country because do you you don't speak Japanese? I do. Fully. Oh, you do. Yes, my okay. mother's oh, Japanese. Okay, so you speak Japanese, but you were um. That's right. You were telling me that some of the, like the dialects are different there, yeah. so that was difficult yeah. to go mm-hmm. to a country still that you've never lived in. Yeah, and go there and just do something like training with other high level athletes and trying to improve there. It's a wild thing to do. Yeah, but no, that's it's awesome. So I want to hear about it. So, like, so from the beginning, right? Yeah, oh. of course. Well, uh, so my dad works in uh, hospital uh, housekeeping management, almost like a third party. Uh, you know, don't want to get too into it, but they they come in, they assess a hospital, and uh, and they say, "Oh, your housekeeping is wrong here, 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 and here. Mm-hmm. Uh, hire us; we'll take care of your housekeeping." That's what it okay. does. This brings him to California many times. California, namely Northern California, the closer you get to Seattle, the Japanese population increases. Uh, this also leads to an increase in judo dojos, judo practitioners, uh, and, okay, and yeah. things of the sort. And he is also a very passionate referee, an official 
for judo. Oh, yeah, because they do pull a lot of people. I know for jujitsu, they like pull a lot of people from the community mm-hmm. yeah. to do the refing. So uh, he's at an, an event in, in California because he's, you know, he's there for work and he just figures, okay, I'll help out. I'll referee. Yeah. And, and he meets a, a Japanese woman there who uh, just so happens to be a graduate mm-hmm. uh, of this international Budo University, IBU, in, okay. in southern Japan. And How she, long has that been around? University. Uh, wow. Probably a really long time, right? This yeah. foreign exchange program alone that I've that I was a part of dates back to the eighties, I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah. So so there's, there's, there's a there's lot of history a, behind that, so it's yeah. a big thing. Now I'm not sure how long the university's been around, but you know, it's it's definitely It's got it's, some years. Yeah. It's got 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 some years to it. Although the founder's color is in picture. So uh, is in picture. It, the the founder's picture is in color. Excuse me. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. The founder's color. <laughs> we'll 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 cut that out. Uh, you know, just, you know, whatever, we're three hours in or whatever we are. Um, <laughs> that was a total shot in the dark. Uh, re- regardless, the, the founder's picture is in color. It is yeah. not a black and white photo. So it's, I guess it's not that old. Yeah. Um, and, and she, she mentions this program, this, yeah. this, uh, what's called the, um, in, in English, the Budo specialization program, uh, what we effectively are called is the Bekka. And this is a, this is a Japanese, you know, it's got its kanji, you know, it's got its letters. Okay. But th- this program, because uh, she remembers it from the time that she was there. And it's okay. a one-year program where you study Japanese classes and Japanese culture classes and, and uh, your martial art of choice, okay. as, as well as attend their practices. And... Um, in order to go, in, in your martial art of choice, you had to have achieved a certain rank. So for oh, judo, okay, yeah. this was a first degree black belt, um, which mm-hmm. isn't the hardest thing to to, to get. Oh, um, so do you have a what are you, what is your rank? I uh, ha- having been inactive for some time, I got my first degree black belt in preparation of going to Japan. I learned I was going. I wanted to go to Japan. I got the black belt. Okay, there you go. So yeah. so it wasn't one 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 the hardest thing, yeah. um, and. <laughs> Uh, oh, uh, dope uh, trip! I better, I better seal the deal. That's like yeah, writing, exactly. like yeah. writing high school papers. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, oh, okay. I better get this. Started. I just put the essay out. You know, <laughs> I just wrote about uh, my time in band camp. You know, uh, <laughs> and and that uh, that and I put out my application. Mm-hmm. Um, and and oh, although I will say, um, in in the application, one uh, very 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 short answer. It was it was like less than one page. Uh, that was that was given. Uh, was uh, and this starts to get into Boodle martial art philosophy mm-hmm. in Japan. So I hope people listening have any interest in that. Uh, is is the founder uh, of judo mm-hmm. who who was a practitioner of jujitsu at the time of of founding it. Uh, one of his 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 principles is called Jita Kyoe, which okay. is um, mutual. Uh, not not progression and not advancement. I, I I'd have to uh, to remember it, but yeah. but essentially, you know, two and almost like the uh, English saying of as iron sharpens iron. Okay, you yeah. Know, where you the two of you people work together for mutual benefit, mm-hmm. and you know, writing an, an essay or uh, not an essay, a very short answer about that. Yeah, that's just something that comes up because um, uh, so, something that the uh, the Japanese really like to to talk about. Mm-hmm. Is uh it like the difference between budo and like bujitsu, which yeah. is martial art versus yeah. like martial like technique, where okay. the technique is much more like warlike and and fighting, whereas the art 
uh, is, is it is, like the culture practices yeah, and, the, and the philosophy and, yeah and that's the a larger, huge thing over yeah. especially over there there's kind of like a thing going on in MMA right now where people are talking about how that's kind of been lost mm-hmm. over here but over there that's yeah. a huge thing where it's yeah. it's not just the actual what you have to do to be better at it it's like the mental aspect yeah. and the spiritual it's almost mm-hmm. it's very spiritual yeah, almost yeah. yeah and that that sort of discipline that that they like to instill yeah. so uh, on on a related note, um, in Japanese, so you have judo, kendo, uh, yeah. and uh, kudo. This do, this do, is 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 like path or way, okay. and they really like to throw that on a lot of things, and, and that and that uh, different nice go to, you know, it makes it more into that that sort of like philosophy, that sort of culture that that we're talking about, and those things because a lot of those originated from jitsu which is our jitsu which is like technique so okay. you know judo from jujitsu kendo from kenjutsu and those mm-hmm. these were these jitsu this these techniques were war practices yeah. you know these were used in times of of war yeah because there was a whole feudal period in japan yeah, where exactly. there was inner wars and everything yeah so 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 so, so the point states, of these yeah. things was was not you know the bettering of the self was yeah. not you know, mutual progression or advancement. It, Origi- oh, okay. Originally, yeah. Yeah, it was. They were warlike skills. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so so this transformed into the dole, into the way, yeah. the path yeah. uh, that they would become, and and that's where they are now. Yeah. Now, me going to Japan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, I put out the application. You know, and yeah. do the short answers, and 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 I get there. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not too sure what, what you want to know about uh, about this whole trip. It was incredible. Yeah, experience. no, like what As I said because um, I've never I've never been to Japan. Mm-hmm. It's uh, so where did you fly into? I came into Narita, which is uh, in Tokyo. Okay, and so what is Tokyo like, real quick? Because you you the the school is not in Tokyo, right? No. It was kind of, yeah. It's, is it's, it far away? It was three hours by train. Okay. Also, uh, Japan best public transportation system that you will ever yeah. experience. In. Did you get uh, Did you get smushed in? Uh, very rarely, be- <laughs> yeah. be- because I lived essentially in the countryside. Uh, yeah. the 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 train into Tokyo was was very sparse, very uh, yeah, yeah. unpopulated. Uh, but if you catch one of the popular trains during rush hour in Tokyo, it it Isn't really it does get that way. Yeah, yeah, or, or the subways. Um, you really, if you have claustrophobia. Uh, <laughs> you best find a different way to to get around. Um, mm-hmm. And Uber is not really a viable option. They don't really they don't really do. They There's like Uber like Black. There was also Uber Eats, which surprised me. <laughs> but uh, vanilla normal Uber was uh, was not very prominent. Okay, uh, which was interesting. Where's enough. my closest Uber driver? Oh, he's so many number of miles away. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Yeah, but mm-hmm. the public transportation is is okay, yeah. uh, is re- very really very good. Um, so Tokyo. As a city, uh, you know, this is, how would I describe it? It's not quite as as bustling as as like the the American metropolis, mm-hmm. you know, areas. And and well, Tokyo, I shouldn't say that. Tokyo is is, is um, it's really densely populated, right? It is densely populated, and, and in certain areas, it does definitely get that you know constant movement that's really bustling at, at all hours of the day and night but those are kind um, of concentrated specific areas but uh yeah that's concentrated specific areas also tokyo is is almost like a, a a region uh this is something uh you know being an american and growing up with the state system is okay. is, is um 
was kind of new to me. So uh, in terms of like actually living it out, mm-hmm. you might even call it a, a province yeah. um, is, is Tokyo, what would effectively almost be a state, okay. you know, uh, because, you know, for example, I was told that I was going to live in a place called Katsuda, right? Mm-hmm. But the actual address was, um, you know, the address number, the city, and then Katsuda. So mm-hmm. um, I, I guess you could call it the province or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then Chiba, which is the prefecture. Okay. You know, so so Tokyo is also one of these like mm-hmm. larger overarching areas with a lot of like, you know, the the place that I lived was called Shinkang. So it was Shinkang, which was part of Katsuda, which was part of Chiba. Okay. You know, uh, so... Uh, so the, Tokyo is not just the city. It's like this whole... Yeah. So if you go to Tokyo Station, you are in Tokyo, but there there are many other stations, many other cities within that that okay. are uh, that are also still considered Tokyo. There's still Tokyo addresses. Mm-hmm. Um, so I believe a Tokyo address would be that smaller city. Oh, okay, okay. Tokyo... And then the the province or, or prefecture, or maybe Tokyo is a prefecture. It, regardless, it's one of the larger denominations. It's it's not just one small area. Mm-hmm. It's very large. Uh, and 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 so describing Tokyo as an entire entirety is a it little almost bit doesn't difficult. work. It's almost yeah. because there's so many different working parts. Mm-hmm. To it. Yeah, you know, you get New York City, you get all the different boroughs. It's it's uh it's somewhat similar to that. Okay, yeah, yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that that's that's sort of Tokyo. So, so I did kind of avoid your question there, yeah. but um, it's it's got uh the definitely the modern feel and mm-hmm. and um, you know. <laughs> It's clean, I'll tell you that. Oh, okay, that's uh, cool. You know, everything runs uh, really nicely. And depending on where you go, yeah, I guess it it is hard to answer because it, it, there's so yeah. many different that shades sense, and yeah. different different tastes of it. But you know, it, you yeah. get to certain areas and and you get like this like really cool like back alley yeah. um, feel and like it's really like almost like smoky and 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 you see like all of these little tiny shops you know oh. left and right and the, those are really really neat. Yeah. Um, so so you know if you want to go through Tokyo, you would need to devote probably like you know several weekends to it just going yeah. through each what would what we would call like a borough almost okay yeah you know mm-hmm. like that and 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 a lot of them are very different from each other you know there's the shopping they almost have district. their own culture yeah the shopping right, district yeah. the jewelry district you know yeah. places where foreigners like to gather and and, okay. and things like that i was apart from all of it i was in the countryside yeah yeah that's right so you you flew you flew into tokyo how much so you didn't spend a lot of time in there then at all no just yeah. uh, you know a weekend every once in a while oh, okay so then yeah. you spent pretty much, and you were there a whole year. Yeah, it was. so you're uh, like a whole year mm-hmm. in uh, like a foreign university mm-hmm. like program. And, and yeah, what is your schedule kind of like? You were kind of breaking it down for me, and it's a pretty rigorous schedule, right? Like yeah, you, it's, you wake it's up early, fit. and yeah, so um, wake up uh, around six ish yeah. uh, to catch the six fifty morning run. Yeah. Uh, with the rest of the judo club. Yeah. And then have a little break. Class starts, I believe, at uh, nine ten, and mm-hmm. you know they they um they were running on a four period schedule, mm-hmm. so it was like nine ten to ten forty, ten fifty to uh, I believe like twelve ten. Every every class was like an hour and a half long. Okay. Lunch break, and then you know one did o'clock. You, and did so you on, take so classes? So the classes are largely picked for you. There are a few electives. Uh, mm-hmm. which I did not elect into any because uh, I already speaking the language, I, I chose not to take the supplementary uh, no, like Japanese classes. Okay, yeah. Because um, my mother is, is Japanese. Um, 
and you know that gave me a little bit more free time. But there were only uh, a very, very, very small handful of these elective classes. Uh, mm-hmm. So the lo- the studies were largely Japanese, mm-hmm. and then uh, classes about judo okay. because this is the Budo or martial arts university. Yeah, so, so it's it, all it, like it's all geared towards that. Yeah. yeah, so it falls into sports university, and they specialize in these That's martial awesome. arts classes. Yeah. You know, classes that you would not find listed in any curriculum anywhere else in the country of Japan. Yeah, you know, like so you this, can't just go to a regular university and take those classes. Yeah, yeah. okay, fascinating. And then after that, uh, it's around four thirty. You go and and you do your club activities. So for me, this was also judo. Yeah, and that would go until seven seven thirty. And then after that, you know, cook and then be exhausted and go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. So was it a pretty rigorous? Like, I mean, was the training really rigorous and? Were, yeah. Was it tiring? Like you said, you were exhausted by the end of the day. But Yeah, it really was because yeah. um, the Japanese at that point in university, uh, they've been doing their club sport um, for, you know, if you're doing university, you're, you're expected to have done it for at least four, if not upwards of seven, 10, 11 yeah. years. Uh, so for judo, because this is my experience and what I assume was everyone else's experience in, in their different yeah. uh, martial arts, is that there was no technical instruction. It was warm up and fight. And fight oh. and fight and fight and fight and fight. And then... Uh, that is exhausting. And that was it. That's, so that's I, what I, I mean, did. I, I've rolled in jiu-jitsu, but mm-hmm. I haven't rolled for a while, by the way. But yeah. um, a couple, you know, yeah. here and there. But yeah, no, yeah. it is... Ex- that's exhausting. That is the most exhausting thing. Yeah. So it's it's just continually, you know, polishing yourself with with real iron experience. Iron iron. Yeah, exactly. And uh, hopefully your iron doesn't break. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So so there there was probably less than, I want to say less than 10 hours of technical instruction across the entire year oh, that I was wow. there. And that I was really there day incredible. in, day out, week in, week out. I, I uh, missed very, very, very few practices. I never got injured. I have a very... Um, let's say conservative style of judo um <laughs> much like your melee style <laughs> now that you have transfer over to puff but keep going yeah so uh and you know may, as a result maybe i didn't get as 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 good as 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 i could have because yeah. uh um you know just letting the japanese accept the pace can be very um you know uh exciting if you like flying through the air <laughs> repeatedly mm-hmm. but i i still I got exponentially better than uh, than I was compared to, to when I started. I imagine, I imagine um, just being in that environment, yeah. and being around other people that mm-hmm. are doing the same thing all the time, yeah. not just going to like a class here yeah. and there, yeah. And like the, I've really uh, st- I've begun to understand the fundamentals of the sport. You know, it took the full year to finally begin grasping the very beginnings of it. Mm-hmm. But even that alone has has put me on almost on the national level here. Wow. Uh, you know, because in America, Congrats, judo is, is, is a very small scene and it's mm-hmm. very weak and it's, and the, the top is largely, uh, comprised of, of players from other countries where judo is, is larger. So actual yeah. American, you can almost say like homegrown, uh, athletes are, are fairly rare. Few and uh, far between. Yeah. In terms of ones that are, quality. that are on that international or at least the national level that nets them the, the privilege to go internationally. But uh, 
internationally, they tend to not produce very good results. The only ones that are doing well are, are this pair uh, in Florida who um, are really almost uh, essentially South American in terms of like the club and the club style and the yeah. way that they practice and the moves that they practice. So, you know, besides that, only uh, in recent history, one, uh, uh, excuse me, two, um, one man, one woman, um, judo players that mm-hmm. that that feel i guess you could say genuinely american although that's that is uh up for debate <laughs> yeah disrespectful on those on those floridian pair because they, they are americans um yeah. too uh that did well internationally mm-hmm. and, and and even then um whether or not you could really argue they understood the very fundamentals of judo or or maybe they did but chose to apply them uh <laughs> is is definitely up for debate because they yeah. were scrappers and they were both upper weights, where where they that sort of style <laughs> is, uh, yeah, is is more common. Mm-hmm. Um, and and they were both very fit, uh, yeah. and um, and they both since transitioned to MMA. Um, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a very. Have you heard of Travis Stevens? Uh, I have not. Actually. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if his uh, if his MMA career is going particularly well, but he's actually an Olympic uh, runner-up. His his best okay. result Usually, was silver. Usually, they'll end up doing well. Yeah. yeah. If he, It might take a couple fights to get under, mm-hmm. but usually those, because they've already competed at a high level, they've, yeah. they, it's um it's a transition that's interesting. The hardest part is the striking for those guys, yeah. I think. Yeah, um, that's what happened to Ronda Rousey. Yeah, yeah. the striking is, yeah, I mean, she's the most famous judo person in the States, right? She's judo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. just double checking. Um, I haven't read her book in a while, but mm-hmm. um, <laughs> the um, the striking is, I don't know, I I don't do any striking, Yeah, but I it is my one of my favorite things to watch. It mm. is a beautiful art. Striking yeah. is a beautiful art. Yeah. Um, because it, uh, not to step on your toes about the judo trip, but uh, it's the everything, every little thing almost means something mm-hmm. at the highest level. Yeah. And it is wild. It mm-hmm. is every little eye movement, every little, oh, what's he going to do here? Like yeah. just the setup of the traps. And mm-hmm. it's, oh, man. Yeah, because, you know, the thing yeah. with striking is is once you're in the person's reach, you're in the danger zone, you know. And it is dangerous. Yeah, exactly, yeah. and it is dangerous. Like, once you're in the, the person's reach within judo, for example, you are in danger of getting gripped, and yeah. and maybe you will be at a disadvantage. Yeah, there's, but, like, a step that has to happen. Yeah, you're not really, you know, like, in... in you can almost get your legs under you, get your bearings. Yeah, kind of, yeah, you know. yeah. You're not in for the worst time, you yeah. know. It might, like, it might take a couple steps and you might be in for the worst time. Yeah. And but. they can jump at you. They can definitely surprise you because they're in that range where where it's virtually, you know, humanly impossible to react to. Yeah. But in striking, you get into that range and yeah. you you can you can get crumpled. Yeah. You know, in in and, a matter and of the, seconds. The uh the uh what is it? The ramifications are dire. Yeah. Yeah. The ramifications are dire in striking. Yeah. yeah. Which is why why I'm so attracted to it. It's something mm-hmm. that I would like to give a shot but i'm uh, the brain damage scares me. <laughs> and I, I i don't know if i'd ever be any good at it or anything like obviously i'm i've never been in any fights or anything yeah, you're a tennis guy yeah i'm a yeah. tennis guy what yeah. you do is yell at the ref yeah <laughs> no never never i, would oh, never do of course that. I just yell at myself i just yell at ah, myself fair. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah that's why i can play that the tennis is grueling man i it's really wow it really wears on you mentally it is um oh man Tennis is is grueling in every sense. It is a different type of grueling. Yeah. Um. Again, I, I love. I, I just like prefacing because it, it's important to know my level of competition. I competed at the college level, but uh, not D one or anything D two. But 
I've had my fair share of matches. Um, it is grueling in another way that it, it is just, it, it's, it's wild. It's yeah. almost hard. It's almost, it's hard to imagine because I played for one year in high school and even that was yeah. like, it, it was too much for me. Yeah. It is not just physically grueling. Yeah. There's this thing. And, um, so I, I've done a fair amount of jujitsu. Um, I'm still a white belt, but, um, uh, and I'm taking a break right now. Hopefully I can get back at some point, but, um, in, in, in that there is almost no time to think. There's almost unless you get in a position where both both competitors are taking a break and yeah, you're kind you're of fine. a stalemate. Yeah, there's kind less. of a stalemate, or someone is in an advantageous position and they yeah. can kind of rest. Mm-hmm. So in tennis, there is there is kind of that, but you mm-hmm. are always thinking. There is always time to be with your thoughts and try and figure things out because it is only you. And yes, you might be able to go on your changeover and take a break, but there's no one to talk to. In college yeah. tennis, you can talk to your coach, but mm. They, they have to watch other matches. It is widely only you. And it is a grueling sport mentally and not just mentally, but physically. When yeah. you go, when you go in deep waters and me, the, that is my favorite place to go is deep uh-huh. waters. So <laughs> I have, I probably had more three set matches than anybody in like anyone in, <laughs> in, like in my, in my college career. I just like, especially my first season, I think more, maybe more, maybe around half of my matches were all three set matches. Wow. And that's, they're long. I was always I was always on court longest. Mm-hmm. That was just kind of my thing. Yeah. And that's because one, I'm physically that's I know that if I go there, mm-hmm. I'm not worried. Really? Like I'm not worried. I know I'm in better shape than the other guy. Oh, gotcha. Like I, I just know it. And yeah. two, I want to be there. Yeah. I want to just be in that moment where it's like, oh, I don't know if I'm gonna make this. <laughs> like, I don't know if I'm gonna make it. And then you make it. And sometimes you lose and sometimes you win. And the losses, oh, they hurt, but the wins yeah. are the wins are the best. It's the best feeling in the world mm-hmm. is when you, when you come down to just that last moment, one of my favorite matches. I'll never forget it. I mean, obviously it was at D two, but I lost the first set and then I was down a break in the second set and I was able to come back. Wow. And then eventually in the third set, I swung the men. It was 10 point tiebreaker, but still like the match was extremely long and grueling. Cause mm-hmm. that's just the nature of the game that I play. Yeah. And so uh, I was able to come back and kind of win that set. And I just remember being like, all right, this is mine. Like, this is mine. And then the, the just the moment of winning is so mm-hmm. exhilarating. Yeah. And I can imagine that, that like, for me, that's one of the most exhilarating things in the world. Yeah. And then for other people, it's like in melee you like or not even just that you go you go into deep waters in melee mm-hmm. last last stock last match last mm-hmm. it is that is the most exciting thing yeah. to win that like those are the most iconic moments mm-hmm. in history like yeah. this uh recently i don't know if you watch basketball but I, uh well i'm pretty sure i know what you're about to, to mention Damian Lillard. Yes. yes so okay that is so as a as a someone who has competed slightly and someone who enjoys just watching competition. Like I, I love hearing about competitors and, and that moment. I'm mm-hmm. so drawn to it, but the moment of him having such confidence. Yeah. First off and his team to trust him to have that confidence too. Cause basketball is one of the most beautiful sports, I think mm-hmm. um, just the way that it all plays out, but he's at 47 points here there's been so much shit talking between him and russ or like mainly russ talking and then the rest of the team and there's so much on the line because portland has not really performed that well in the playoffs for the past several years yeah and it comes down to those last 10 seconds they mm-hmm. put the ball in his hand and he waits and he waits and he says i'm i'm taking this moment this is my moment 
and he takes a deep three, and in his in his face, he just steps back, takes the three, drains it, no problem, gets his fifty points, and walks off and waves goodbye. That is incredible. Yeah, and stone cold, mm-hmm. stone cold. Yeah, it's just amazing to see. Yeah, yeah, and you you have those moments in all and like all these sports, mm-hmm. like in MMA, like any knockout where ugh. Recently, sometimes in MMA it's different because. There's it doesn't have to necessarily come down to the last moment. Yeah, you know what I mean. Because mm-hmm. and especially with knockouts, it can happen at any time. Submissions, yeah. it can happen at any time. Yeah, it's just all the things that kind of happen to get there. So Darren Till, Jorge Masvidal, um, I'm a big Darren Till fan, uh, even though um, he did just get arrested for stealing a taxi cab, which is kind of that's weird. I, I don't know anything about weird. that yet. I, I, I if he did something really weird, I, I like uh, I don't know, man. I don't mm-hmm. like seeing that stuff. Yeah. But um, he knocks down Jorge Masvidal in the first round, and Jorge Masvidal comes back in the second round and sleeps him. <laughs> he he just comes with this. I believe it was like an overhand right, and Darren and Darren Till never even saw it coming, and he just flatlined. Like he didn't get up for several minutes, I don't think. And it was wow. just just that moment of oh, like so. First off, Darren Till knocks him down. You're like, oh my god. He, first off, he's huge. He is huge. Like <laughs> you, you, you look at him. He calls himself the gorilla for a reason. Yeah, he is a gorilla. Mm-hmm. Like he's just so jacked, so big, and so much bigger than Jorge. Yeah, and he's walking him down, no problem. He has to take huge weight cuts, but he's still walking him down. He's kind of tagging him, but he's still making. He's just doing the same thing over and over again, which is kind of weird. Mm-hmm. He's such a because he's such a technical striker. Yeah. And so he knocks him down, and then it comes to the next round. He's still doing the same thing. Jorge finds his spot. He kind of recovers. He's one of the best recoverers, um, like from getting knocked down. Yeah. And he just comes and catches him. And just that moment of, I remember watching it going, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> what just happened? I can't believe that just happened. Yeah. It's it's just, it's just like those moments. I mm-hmm. just, I cannot believe. Like, there's no words. Mm-hmm. There's no... There is literally no words. He is asleep on the ground with no movement, and he's not going to be doing anything for several weeks. You know what I mean? Like, he's yeah. going to take it easy. Yeah. Like, it's it's wild. That's mm-hmm. why it's just all so fascinating. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, those, like, competitive moments that really yeah. only come from from competition. Yeah. yeah. It it really is, is comical. Uh, completely changing the subject from yeah. MMA to YouTube marble racing. Uh, is, is there really is something inherently, I guess, entertaining, interesting about watching competition. Yeah. Um, there's, there's, first off, I I know you said we like kind of off topic. I don't know how we got on the competition thing. So we're fine. (laughs) Keep going on the Marvel race. Yeah. You know, yeah. There's, um, I I don't remember if it was Zells or whatever. There's, there's a, I guess like I, I had never heard of it before, so I guess you could call it a very, a very cult, like popular YouTube channel where this guy is just commentating very officially over marble races, and and he's got the little thing. He's called like his Marble Olympics or whatever, and and uh, the mar. Oh my god, I thought you said Marvel, but the marble races, they're amazing. They're I've great. watched, I've watched so many of them. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna link that in the you guys um so like uh my older audience members might not get it <laughs> they might not get it but my brother and i have watched it those his commentary is so good yeah it's so good and it makes i'm it interesting i get invested yes i want the green marbles to win there's something inherently interesting about competition that people like to see yeah and 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 it's just marbles and they're just rolling they're spinning it's yeah. it's 
it's virtually random. You know, yeah. who's going to come out on it's top? Pretty, it's completely random. Yeah, almost, you yeah. know, it's like it really is. But there's still something interesting about it. Yeah. Um. You know, and 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 it produces these sort of moments where even if it's just you in your room watching it on your phone, you're just like, like oh, yes, yes, let's go, let's go. <laughs> yeah. No, the, 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 that still happens i watched it uh no seriously that that is definitely something that happens i was a couple minutes into the video i already had a team i had a favorite marble <laughs> and i was like i want this is what i want to win this is yeah. who i want to win and every single time i'm like i think it was the green marbles and i forget mm-hmm. i forget if it, cause he's done a couple yeah he's done like three different olympics and he always has great names for him so like i really can't oh, remember the but, names are amazing yeah oh my god we're gonna have to look it up at some point mm-hmm. but um I, I remember just being there and I'm like, oh my God, let's go. Let's go. Like, he's in the lead. Let's <laughs> yeah. go. Because yeah. he does like little races and mm-hmm. stuff. No, it's just the the idea of having a winner and a loser is is fascinating to us because as yeah. humans, we're like kind of conditioned that way. Like mm-hmm. you have winners and losers yeah. almost, but um, which like solely really in competition, like in the rest of life, like that doesn't really like that really shouldn't be too important. Like the rest mm-hmm. is just kind of live your life and be able to just whatever you deem successful and whatever yeah. you need to live in order to have a good life. Mm-hmm. That's what you should be shooting for. But in competition where everything is on the line and, mm-hmm. and you can be whatever you need to be in order to win, because as long as it's within the rules, you can do that. That's yeah. like hungry box to go back to melee. Someone who will, try to get into his opponent's heads Mm -hmm. and yeah some players don't like it some people don't like it me Mm -hmm. personally um it's not something i would do like i'm not like that Mm -hmm. but i look at that and i go i you know what i really love about him he's a competitor yeah more than anything he's a competitor Mm -hmm. first yeah and he will do anything to win and there's something about that that's like you know what i don't like his play style sometimes (laughs) but i love that yeah just and the fact that he can deliver yeah that there's just someone that out there that is like i'm gonna do whatever it takes to win and i'm gonna win yeah yeah that's just it's a fascinating incredible thing mm-hmm. yeah yeah all right yeah. how you feeling oh i'm i'm good we can keep going we're yeah. we going a little long no 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 uh, i'm still i'm still ready to go we can keep right. going. I mean, we, we you know we got off of japan we got off of competition we got off of marbles which is my favorite talking point to the to, to this uh to this <laughs> moment but uh, the marbles yeah. are great yeah the marbles are fantastic and, yeah. and um and you know we got a little bit away from tennis and and mm-hmm. and you know uh and there was one very small point about tennis where it's like the more physically grueling it gets, it also gets more mentally grueling at yeah. that point as oh, well. Man. Uh, you know, the, as, as you get more physically tired, you also get mm-hmm. more mentally tired and, yeah. and, um, and, and, and sorry to, to, to cut you off there, but Thanks, one, Ryan. one more thing, uh, is, is tennis. Um, if you're outclassed, you're yeah. in it for the, for the full, you know, and, and until, yeah. until, the, until the, the point, end the point cap is met yeah until the bitter end but judo you're outclassed you, you got five seconds the guy comes out bombs it real fast yeah. you're done you know <laughs> you don't get tortured out there it's yeah. very rare to be tortured in judo i've been know. i've had my fair share of torturings in tennis i've yeah. had my fair share and and melee is kind of the same way yeah it, it's except yeah. it's so fast yeah like it's if, so fast if they play a fast character yeah if you play a really good person who plays a slow character that also can can be torturous, yeah. and and we've seen it in in some of these melee sets where people get so mentally discouraged they run off the stage or they refuse yeah. to 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 oh, play the game. That is know? one thing, real quick, because this actually we this is what we can kind of tie up some stuff that we did not talk about earlier. Boring slow play is one way of calling it, or whatever you want to call it. 
Um, that also kind of adds in wobbling as well. But there is definitely player because the way Icy's kind of play, and especially like if you have a player, if you have like an Icy's puff matchup or something. Mm-hmm. There we've reason. never explained wobbling yet, right? Yeah, we, we, we'll, we might as well. we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, but you will have players that will actually, when we get back to, the, let's talk about this interaction thing again. You have players that will just refuse to interact and they yeah. will just refuse to play the game. Mm-hmm. They will have, there is famous moments of, uh, Mewtwo King doing it against PPMD. He's getting four stocked on FD and Marth mm-hmm. dittos. Yeah. And he just quits. Yeah. He just quits. You have this. This is the thing. Runs off the stage. You know. Hungrybox yeah. did it after Mango jabbed him after he min- missed mm-hmm. a rest. Mm-hmm. Puff dittos. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's just a wild thing. Yeah. And and so, so Judo very rarely has that, that torture aspect. Yeah. Um, huh. I guess since we've mentioned it several times, we might as well properly explain it one time. Wobbling is the only... The only legal infinite, right? Yeah. In melee, save for uh, Fox's Wave Shine Infinite, which only works on part of the cast, whereas Wobbling works on the entire it only works character on, list. It only works on part of the cast, and it is extremely hard. It is high execution and high interaction. Yeah. Uh, due to where you are on the stage, what yeah. your opponent is, mm-hmm. uh, the way your opponent is DIing, and 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 the speed. At yeah. which you need to ha- you need to do it. Whereas yeah. wobbling uh, is an infinitely easier, infinite, in- infinitely easier. It is something that you can you could pick up melee today, and even if you've never played, you mm-hmm. could pick up and you could actually learn how to wobble. Mm-hmm. You could you could it might take you a little bit, but you could actually learn how to do it. Now, all the neutral stuff that's going to take forever. Yeah, learning how to wave dash and everything, but you can mm-hmm. actually learn. You go okay, I grab, and then I believe it's. You have to press A, hold down, and then press A at a certain pace. Yeah, 200, like, 200 BPM between, I believe, I don't remember if it's 160 or 180 uh, beats per minute. And by doing this, you will hit your opponent over and over in a way that is inescapable until whatever uh, damage percent window that you would like, and then you get a free smash attack from there, at which point they will explode off of the yeah, stage. Yeah, they basically uh, just... Yeah, they're gone. Um, so that is is wobbling in melee mm-hmm. uh and, and it changes the game so much yeah it literally it influences the entire matchup if mm-hmm. if ICs have wobbling the it's almost like this grip you were talking about earlier mm-hmm. where if they're in this if they're wobbling there's if you're getting wobbled there's nothing you can do you can mash as much as you want after a certain percentage though if they don't mess up yeah there's nothing you can do mm-hmm. and everything is around getting grabbed yeah now all of a sudden getting grabbed means death yeah mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so <laughs> there's definitely not a wobbling analogy in rock paper scissors. Unfortunately, no, there is no uh, wobbling. Does not that's extend a, that far. That is a uh, rock paper that your friend has. Like, I got a gun. <laughs> you know, what I mean? that beats everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So he found a way to 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 tie it in after all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, but that's uh that's that's wobbling in, in melee. Um, mm-hmm. but. I guess uh, I've got to find some way to transition it somehow. You're talking about like learning neutral and, yeah. and things like this, uh, and and you know I'm talking about it, you know judo in Japan yeah. and like the sort of fundamentals and and things like that. You know you realize, uh, at least I realized that in my year that I really I had no idea what I was doing with judo before yeah. I, before I ever uh, came to Japan. Just the fundamentals, my they, they were all over the place, and yeah. and um, you know it is interesting. You also kind of um, learn about like almost like talent or like sense as they call it uh when when you're there uh you either you know you see it in the japanese or or you even see it in like visiting uh people you know uh because 
these really talented、mm-hmm. athletes a lot of times are unable to explain how they or why they do things.、Yeah. They just do them. And、uh, if you ask them to explain it, they can't.、Yeah. But they almost know, can't really put it into words. They、yeah. go, well, I just kind of do it. Or if you explain a fundamental concept to them, they'll, they'll be like, They'll either be like, yeah, I never really thought of that, or、uh, they'll be like, yeah, I just do that naturally. I never really thought about it, but I think I just do it naturally. Yeah. And, and that's something they see a lot too this, this sort of notion of talent,、mm-hmm. um, which、uh, I've been led to believe by the judo practitioners is not really something、uh, that is talked about in BJJ. Uh, the judo, the Japanese judo players、I've, believe yeah, never that. Had it talked, I've never heard about it.、Yeah. Believe that the more groundwork you do, the better you will get. There really is not a cap. Whereas in judo, for standing work, there is a limit to、mm. to to how good, how you, good can. you can get through through grinding through that hard work. And at the end of the day, at the top level, it comes down to this sense. This talent Interesting. that you have. When、yeah. they, and they say that that really does not exist for groundwork. And, and you know, you've done a little bit of BJJ.、Yeah. And, and you, know, you just said there's the, they, that's not really a conversation. I think、had. there is in BJJ, from my limited knowledge or from my experience, there is a sense of like there are these people that almost、um, they have a feel for it. You know、mm-hmm. what I mean? But I, don't, I really don't think there's a limit because there is so much that you can do. Because all of a sudden, you are entangled with the other person. And while you can only do certain things in certain situations,、yeah. there is so many decisions that can be made, and you constantly discover new things、mm-hmm. every time you roll. There's just been times where I've rolled and I've just been like, I have never even done that before.、Mm-hmm. It just it made sense to yeah, me. Yeah,、like、it just came to you. Yeah, just like that's something I did.、Uh, one time, like, I, I got a reverse triangle or something. <laughs> and it was just like, oh, I, and he, he was like, I, Where did you learn that? Or something.、Mm-hmm. And I was like, it just made sense. You know what I mean?、Yeah. Like, you, you were in that position. And I was、mm-hmm. like, oh, I can just get that. I mean, I didn't submit him, but、mm-hmm. like, it just made sense to me to do that. Like, I, what I love in jujitsu is、uh, I love being really close. I love being attached. Yeah. Because I, I feel like I can feel the other person. Like, I can、yeah. feel the movement of their hips, the movement、mm-hmm. of where I have to be. And I, I, I actually, like, when I first started, I, I like to roll with my eyes closed, actually, because it was, I'm not, again, I'm not very good on white belt, but I like to just the feeling of being like, this has to go here, this has to go here.、Yeah. What, what do I, like, this just doesn't feel right. Like, it was,、yeah. so, I mean, again, very basic.、Mm-hmm. My, my jujitsu is very basic, and I'm out of practice because I haven't done it for a while. Yeah. But there is so much there, and there's so much to do, but there is like a sense factor. But there's no cap. You know what I mean?、Mm-hmm. And in stand up, like in, ju- in、uh, judo, I guess I can kind of see what you're saying, where at some point there's so, there's so many number of throws that you can really utilize or kind of get your hips around、mm-hmm. or kind of position yourself. But the, there's, I guess, defenses that are kind of applied to that. And then it comes、yeah. down to what is the right thing to do、mm-hmm. and having good fundamentals and、yeah. all those aspects. Yeah. And, and you know, that, that, that's sort of you know, how I began to approach that sport and many other things is breaking them, them down in, into fundamentals, right? Where it's like by applying these things, even if I am against an opponent who I've never heard of, who I've never seen, I don't even know what hand or, or side they're going to start with. By sticking to this very rudimentary game plan and applying these fundamentals,、mm-hmm. I can still do well. 
Yeah. And, you know, that's something that I never had before where you know, I would go into matches against people I'd never heard of. And I, and I would have very close matches, very close experiences because I really I didn't understand the fundamentals of offense, defense, mm-hmm. nothing. So I was really just moving entirely off of off of just what felt and, right. Yeah. You know, and that at that point, what felt right usually was not right. Uh, so <laughs> sometimes, you know. too. Yeah. that you, Sometimes there's that moment of like, oh, I thought I was doing this right. And every one of your instincts are wrong. Yeah. Uh, now I'm just lying down and I have nothing to defend myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, and that that's something that that changed um, in my time mm-hmm. there you know, learning the sport uh, more, more closely. And, and from the Japanese who are definitely the most fundamental of, of all, uh, especially like with their game plan and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like what, what they're doing and, 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 and how they approach the sport. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, uh, yeah, I've just been trying to work on that just through, uh, through all sorts of of other Mm. stuff and breaking it down into like, you know, the, the most basic functions. That is a, a, huge aspect too uh one thing you're kind of alluding to is the importance of martial arts and the lessons that can be learned and then applied to your life mm-hmm. is something that you're kind of saying there is, is yeah. where you're you're learning these fundamentals and you're really like trying to learn how to apply it. and you can yeah. take that and really use those messages and other aspects of your life that was something that i kind of talked about earlier with chess earlier i've been trying to so i had my friend who i record my tennis podcast with mm-hmm. uh he explained it he was he was talking about nietzsche and um, he was talking about like kind of imposing your will, mm-hmm. right? And he was breaking it down. He goes, and if you can just kind of break down into really simple terms, and he was talking about chess and like what do you need to do, yeah. and then your ability to then impose your will from there mm-hmm. and your decisions to make, and then how can you take that into other aspects of your life? Mm-hmm. And if you and and that's something kind of in like martial arts where this is what you have to do. Mm-hmm. now how do i how do i take this and apply it and yeah. really work it mm-hmm. and then do, do i take it in my life and how can i kind of take those messages and learn from all of it yeah mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So, so like the, this this uh year was really interesting for me because uh the the program mm-hmm. uh is written in such a way where where it says you know they they invite these people from martial arts developing countries so that they can go back okay. and be able to teach what they learned uh, during their time yeah, yeah. there uh, what usually ends up happening is to get more people that are interested in the competitive side or the bettering the, their own craft yeah. uh, at it. But I actually, you know, I, I sort of maintained that mentality, that approach while I was there. So despite even being told by the Japanese coach that I need to fight because I'm long, uh, you know, a little bit longer limbs for than people. Height. Yeah, mm-hmm. for, for my weight. Oh, height, um, yeah. That I should fight, you know, from a certain grip, from, from a top grip. I really... I tended to focus more on the Japanese style grip just so I could learn their fundamentals and I would be able to teach other people, yeah. you know, how, how, like why things work, mm-hmm. you know, um, where, whereas if I was following what, what he was saying, it was, that was more of a competitive approach. That's what be- would get you better. Because the, yeah, exactly. That's what he told me where it was, you know, the current rule set of judo as it is, this is the best grip to have. This is what you want to do. Yeah. You know, and I, and I understand that. Yeah, but I really wanted to learn the 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 basics, the fundamentals of judo, and and I felt mm-hmm. that it would be easier to do that from the Japanese more traditional grip than what he was suggesting, which is oh, like more okay. over the back. 
uh, and, and you know, now that I've made my return to the States and I'm starting to compete a little bit again, when I can, I will take the, the advantageous, you know, what yeah. he was saying though, over the back. But, you know, uh, in terms of, uh, of learning the fundamentals of the sport, I believe I learned more by, by fighting like they do. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, it's also too like learning what you're not good at or learning what you're yeah. not may, might not be good at, like kind of working on your weaknesses a little bit. Yeah. Because then also, too, you kind of get a sense of why that works and mm-hmm. why that might work against you and exactly. everything like that. Yeah. I think, uh, and again, to kind of talk about Melee as well, like picking up other characters, too, and learning yeah. what, what do they do well. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, this might not be what I normally play, but mm-hmm. how, why, why does this character play this way and why must I play this way mm-hmm. when I play this character? And and this leads to like a, a, a wider discussion in, in Melee as well that that's uh, had... Um, especially when in talking about rule sets uh is what is important in being good at melee and yeah. and, and, and uh, i remember yeah there's a big discussion in rule sets right now i remember a, a discussion involving duck who's a very very famous uh, top samus top 20 samus player and you know replying and what is exists in melee is essentially one very very large divide between what are considered the fast fallers and the floaties mm-hmm. and there's some midweights in there but this this essentially um at well, like the well, top <laughs> at the top like the most the best characters it's like fast fallers and floaties yeah and 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 that's the the largest i guess you could say divide that you can see in characters besides their spots on the tier list is are they fast faller you know are they like these high execution you know able to to put out a high uh high APM. actions per minute yep. apm characters or are they sort of slower um more like kind of game plan heavy i guess you could say characters and samus is one of these game plan characters and he was mm-hmm. replying to to uh some fast faller where it's just like you know, uh, in, in an argument about rule sets, uh, the, this fast faller was was talking about you know what what he thinks is important for the game and important for melee. And and, and this Samus player, the duck, asks him uh, something along the lines of, "What makes you think that these are the important things for melee?" When you know, if the, if for a different character, this other aspect is what's important. Yeah. You know, um, so so it sort of it sort of gets into that, like what um what you might think is important it, it it very well may be a very small like range or spectrum yeah. uh, of uh of that greater competitive the, scene that you're in of the wide scope of actually what yeah. it falls in so what yeah. your your little circle falls in the bigger circle of everything yeah 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 so mm-hmm. so um you know i i would have to find the thread and see what exactly was they, said and... they were talking about but you know it's just like just because you deem these things important does not mean it's important for everybody and everyone yeah exactly and mm-hmm. and, and uh that was that's so... kind of like what your coach like your coach is saying like he deemed that that was important for you mm-hmm. but like in the wider scope of things for what you wanted out of judo at that yeah. time mm-hmm. what that was not like important in that moment like you really felt like you needed to learn those other aspects of yeah. it because that was something you like you really felt like you needed to work on and, and that's why i always thought it was interesting uh when the europeans who would come would complain about the japanese being defensive or you know like uh puff <laughs> <laughs> or you know like oh i'm better than the japanese guy i just can't throw him or, or something like they're getting frustrated with their inability to throw them mm-hmm. and it's just because you know what they've deemed important to be good at judo is not what the Japanese have deemed to yeah. be important. Mm-hmm. And that style mismatch leads to a lot of frustration for the oh, Europeans yeah. because, you know, the, their entire lives, 
they've done judo a certain way. Yeah. And usually the Japanese have experienced a couple times, or at least watched um, the the different stuff, so they uh, they understand yeah. um, the the wider scope of the sport. Mm. But but especially for particularly young Europeans uh, that would come, that I would see frustration. You know, yeah. because suddenly that's usually like the default go to yeah. when it, it is just frustration. Yeah. Yeah. Is what they've learned and what they've been good at is suddenly not important and not very effective yeah. a- against the Japanese. Yeah. And, and yeah, the default uh, response that I would see is frustration. And, and yeah. I spent the year with two very talented European judo players and, you know, they were pretty good. Uh, but you know, when they couldn't figure something out, they'd be frustrated. Yeah. And, and that's really, I always, um, you know, uh, not appointed, but uh, I always attributed that to, to their unwillingness to, to see judo in a different way. Yeah. Like what they think is important. Yeah. The, un- yeah. the unwillingness to approach it from a different angle, yeah. to try and learn something new. Mm-hmm. Instead, frustration often leads to being really bullheaded yeah. and, and doing obviously not good options and mm-hmm. figuring that out. And it's something that you, you can really notice it happens within yourself and people don't catch it when mm-hmm. it happens too. Is you, you start getting frustrated and you continue to go, well, why the fuck isn't this working? <laughs> you know, like, and I'm just going to keep doing it because I'm mad now. And then yeah. it must be because of this. It must be because he is doing this. Mm-hmm. They are being defensive. Mm-hmm. That th- this must be the reason. When yeah. in actuality, if you have this ability to just be open and yeah. really like like what you did, where you were able to go in there and kind of learn the stuff that okay, yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying, but I kind of want to learn the stuff that I'm not good at. Like, yeah. I kind of want to learn and figure this out. Mm-hmm. The ability to be fluid and open, and especially in competition, that's useful because that is yeah. that state of where you can get to and go, oh, okay, you know, this is what I like to do. This is what I normally do. Let me let me throw this in there. Yeah. And that's then all of a sudden everything changes because then once you do that and approach it from a different angle and especially in the aspect of competition, Mm -hmm. you've given your opponent a whole nother look. And as soon as you open up and you can even try to gear this to your game plan is open up those other aspects so that you can get what you want. And that is to get in the position of what you're really good at. And that is the fascinating thing about competition as well. Yeah. So so like, you know, I'm of the opinion that, you know, if you have the full set of fundamentals yeah. You can solve any problem yeah. that, that you're presented with. Mm-hmm. So, you know, their default response was frustration, as I, as I mentioned. But, you know, my opinion was was that because of, of how they did judo for, for their entire time is they have some fundamentals down very well, but there are other fun- fundamentals that they've deemed unimportant. We're lacking, yeah. That, that they're lacking. And suddenly, you know, even once they get past the frustration and they try solving this problem, they, they lack the the full set of tools mm-hmm. to, yeah. to solve which kind of hampers hampers your growth then? Yeah, yeah. So you know, I I definitely saw that there was it was a very talented uh, judo player who who was uh he was from Lithuania, and he had always done judo a certain way. And, he, and they have a lot very, of athletes that come from there. I'm pretty sure, right? I <laughs> I knew very little about Lithuania going into this year. Yeah. After this year, I just know they they love potatoes. <laughs> the guy loves potatoes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, he he had always done judo a certain way, and, and you could tell, mm-hmm. you know, how how he thought about judo. So yeah, there would be certain like styles where he he just he would struggle. He yeah. was very strong and he's very talented, but mm-hmm. just certain people that would really give him a hard time. Yeah, and, and 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 you could almost see it like 
even after the frustrated response, mm-hmm. trying to figure out the problem. And it really just felt like he was trying to put together the puzzle without all the pieces. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That may, that's a good analogy. Yeah. That yeah. all the fundamentals are all the pieces of the puzzle. Yeah. And then your ability to piece it together in the moment mm-hmm. is really what's going to solve it. Exactly. So, so I, I spent this year trying to accumulate as many pieces as possible. At, ah, yeah. at this time, I am still not very good at putting them together. But yeah. I I feel like I have acquired a lot more pieces. Yeah. And, and and because of that, I very rarely come out of a match or or, or an exchange mm-hmm. not knowing uh what went wrong. You know, yeah. where it's like oh, if I had I applied fundamental X or X and Y mm-hmm. or X Y and A, you know, usually it doesn't come down to that complex. Usually it's just one or two. It's like yeah. I could have avoided this situation entirely. Mm. Yeah. You know. And and uh, and it could have gone better for me if I had done you know so such and so forth, mm-hmm. and 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 that's uh, that's what I largely spent this year doing is is really trying to make these overarching concepts, these fundamentals, yeah. these very basic notes, um, and you know and and <laughs> we talked uh, almost extensively earlier about the importance of, of video. Uh, yeah. What what was what was very interesting is uh, you know. I really made a lot of progress uh, very quickly at the end of the year mm-hmm. uh, after having tried to, to pick up some of them. And, and, and one such spurt of growth came from from a video taken from someone's cell phone of, of a special on Japanese TV okay. of, of one of the uh, the Japanese legends, you know, considered a, a judo prodigy, mm-hmm. just explaining how to do a throw to the world, the current world champion at, at 66 kilograms, how to, how to do his specialty throw. Mm-hmm. And there was just one uh, thing one thing that he explained. Sometimes that's all it is. And I started doing it, and immediately I was uh, several times harder to throw. Yeah. It, it, was, it was really, it was just, it can really come from anywhere, you know. Mm-hmm. But, um, it like, what he gave was... Uh, was I guess if we I'm not sure how to continue the the, the puzzle analogy yeah. because he gave me a piece yeah you know he didn't give me uh I, yeah you know what I guess, I guess that's uh, that's what it might be now I'm starting to to put it more together people always want to learn application of pieces yeah without understanding the pieces yeah you know they see a throw and they just want to do the throw they don't understand how the throw worked they don't or, understand how to get to that throw how to get to that throw what situation it was used in. Mm-hmm. And, and things and things like that, you know. This is an interesting little breakdown, yeah. And, and all the stuff that went into it, because they don't understand the piece. They they just see they see the the puzzle. They see the solution. Yeah, it's and, almost like you get the puzzle out of the box. You look at the picture on the box. You see the solution. And and yeah. and that's what they try to do, and yeah. it doesn't work because mm-hmm. they didn't put it together. Yeah, you know. Uh, so so in in that video, I didn't see what was it. What was given to me was not a solution. It was not a complete puzzle. Yeah, it was just the, the, piece. the final picture. It was just the piece, and that piece alone uh, w- improved yeah. my it's, performance greatly. Yeah, it's almost like you were working on a section in the puzzle, and that piece was able to connect you to other pieces in the puzzle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so that you know uh, is is what was well, what was really interesting about this very. Uh, a virtually random video that I've happened to find on the internet, you know, is yeah. I got a piece from there, you know, because, yeah. because yeah, that, that's what it is. You know, you watch, you know, it's largely the same for any, like these competitive sports that have these highlight reels, right? Mm-hmm. You see these highlight reels, you see these great, crazy, incredible moments. 
Yeah. And and uh, what you're seeing is the completed puzzle, you know, yeah. and how they decided to solve a problem. Oh. And okay. and and you tried to do this solution, this mm-hmm. <laughs> this picture in your situations and you know what sometimes it works but some more or less it's it's kind of dumb luck yeah. uh if you don't understand how those pieces came together to that situation but more often huh. than not you try it and it doesn't work you yeah know? or you know it doesn't work as well it doesn't work like you saw it in the highlight reel and, yeah. and that's because you 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 are, are trying to just do the highlight reel you're not trying to figure out why and the actual puzzle pieces and how to put them together yeah so you you are trying to to put this solution into a different problem Okay. You know, that and and that is is what leads to to failure. You know, mm-hmm. in 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 these cases where you don't have the correct solution for for this particular problem. Yeah. You were supposed to be building a different puzzle, and you were trying to you know apply the puzzle that you saw on the internet. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's uh. That's <laughs> the analogy is a little little crooked. Doesn't quite fit together. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like it. I think as, it's as great as I, as I wanted it to. But but that you know that's um mm-hmm. that's how I feel uh, about uh this sort of like fundamentalist yeah. approach to uh mm-hmm. improving yeah. at things. You know, my kind of um, my thought on it is I, I kind of have a similar thought pattern, actually. My if you want to apply it to competition, the way I look at it is if you are truly in the zone, right, and you have trained and have really good fundamentals and you are open and able to just even maybe react and, and trust your body will know what to do and trust. So and trust that you'll you'll do what you need to do in that moment if you have the right fundamentals down. And you can be open to all the options that are available. Your body will then eventually learn and pick up what is the right option in those times. Yeah. And then eventually you'll be able to do it just because you have really good, solid fundamentals. Mm-hmm. Like if you look at uh, like top performers in, 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 in any sport, like let's say top 20 in judo, it's mm-hmm. probably there might not be much that separates a lot of those people. Mm-hmm. But the person that is maybe able to really kind of pick those things apart has real good solid fundamentals yeah. is really to absor- able to absorb the information in the moment or, or make the right decisions because they just have a better understanding yeah. or they really trust themselves. Whatever mm-hmm. it is to get them into that zone yeah. is really what sets them apart. And they're really just able to impose that on them. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, you know, to be a top player in, in any competition you have to be able to uh deal with and and succeed against all sorts of styles all sorts of problems all sorts of situations that arise and and to do that you know as i mentioned i believe uh you have to have a very very solid kit of fundamentals if you're missing some of those pieces you you will succeed against the the situations that you have the pieces for yeah. but if there are situations styles that you don't opponents, have the pieces for that you don't have the pieces you for you might not even know what the pieces are yeah you are going to struggle yeah and uh and that's that's going to be difficult and oftentimes so. like we were saying before that leads to frustration yeah and it's that's trying to apply different pieces and putting pieces together that don't work yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. so that's yeah that 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 actually is that that does um tie tie that up well where where you try to use the pieces that you do have and and mm-hmm. they don't go together or they don't work in this situation yeah and if you're not willing to to find those new pieces that you're missing yeah you're you're gonna you really are gonna struggle yeah yeah and it's rough yeah, yeah. It gets really frustrating mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. all right man yeah how are you feeling we covered a lot of different stuff. Uh, yeah, there've been a lot of a lot of different topics all over the place, yeah. just jumping mm-hmm. back and forth. Yeah, 
you want to play some melee? Yeah, sure. Yeah. I don't really have a lot more to talk about. You know, yeah, no. just, uh, there we go. It was yeah, great. This is yeah. exactly what I was looking for. All right. I'm, I'm glad Brad. you came on. Do you want to yeah. close off with anything? You want to leave with any note? Man. Well, you have the floor. I'm suddenly, you know, I've had a lot to say this entire time. And suddenly <laughs> nothing comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess if you have these sort of opportunities, mm-hmm. uh, what really does feel like once in a lifetime opportunities, you really have to take them. Um, and, and this is from personal experience and, and yeah. seeing it in others as well, uh, where you really, if the perfect opportunity arises, mm-hmm. then you have to take it. Uh, and, and and that is just a, a something that that applies to to life in general. So what what I'm really thinking of is is someone that we met uh, at the university who dropped out of high school during his uh, second year mm-hmm. to pursue a very lucrative job in the police force, mm-hmm. and because it, you know it was the perfect opportunity that lined up for him, and and yeah. now he's the CEO of his own company. I believe oh, wow. is like something private in the private sector. Wow. Uh, and, and, and so he never did effectively finish, uh, I don't remember if it was high school or university, but he didn't get the degree that he was pursuing, yeah. but it's because that opportunity arose. And, you know, I did this, I took the year off. So now I'm graduating behind, mm-hmm. uh, my, my fellow class of 2015. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I improved greatly in judo. I have a much yeah. like wider view of the world. I, I met a very wonderful woman who I'm now seeing, uh, mm-hmm. Hopefully, thank you. Uh, after the Olympics, where she uh, hopefully competes, yeah. uh, we'll be able to continue uh, moving forward together. And uh, I have to say, it was it was probably the single best year of my life that yeah. that I have in in my own memory. Uh, I would assume being born was a great year. But, uh, <laughs> I couldn't tell you anything about it. Yeah. So. In, in terms of my uh, like I, young adult or adult life, this is yeah. this has been the year. Yeah, you know? um, I'm so, happy for you, man. Thanks. That's awesome. I'm happy too. It was fantastic. So yeah. so if, if that opportunity comes, you you have to take it. And yeah. and I think that's uh that's what I'd like. Take to a leave. leave. Yeah. Yeah. Close All right, man. Thank All you for right. coming on. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, of course, anytime. Thank you, everybody. Have a good day. Bye. I love you guys. Bye. <laughs>